This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. You're a mild purist? No. A pessimist. But no, I didn't. I don't remember shooting any green wings. Is that too loud? Travis, one day you're going to learn how to do this thing. Look. Hey. It's hard to justice to a sexy face. <laughs> this is recording. This is this is what I have to deal with, folks, every time. Thomas is finally trained. He's He's a... He's a young millennial, yeah. He's a young buck. The year of the Spoonies. I think that's what we're going to talk about. I got an interesting uh, information from the California Waterfowl Magazine, the summer 2022. Shout out to California Waterfowl, Ducks Limited, and Delta Waterfowl. Organizations that you can support for waterfowl. Um, I have something to say about that. Go ahead. I'd like to hear what you had to say about that, actually. All right. Because so I know it's probably the same thing I'm thinking. So today a client came by to pick up a bird and he was telling me that actually CWA was giving them like a grant for their club so that they could run water mm-hmm. start like in May or something like that. Yeah. To put water on the club. Oh, that's early. To help the breeding okay. the, the breeding birds, which I thought was a great thing because uh, a couple months ago, I was over at our local refuges, and all the ponds are bone dry. Mm-hmm. And hunters, we're the ones that are putting money into, mm-hmm. you know, habitat and things like that. But where do we see the profit of it? Mm-hmm. You know, where's it at? Mm-hmm. And it's like, the birds need nesting habitat, especially here in the Central Valley with the lack of water. Mm-hmm. So where are they going? You know, and if they're going to these these isolated areas where there's water, 
then it might my thinking is you're gonna have more predators there because that's where the birds are right, at, right? It's easy access. It's not spread out, you know. Um so I thought that was cool that, that CWA was actually you know giving them money to help help habitat. Yeah, putting it back in there where But then my question is is the government is the government gonna allow them to do that? Because you can pay for it, but you're only allow allotted so much so water. So much water, yeah. Right? Yeah. Unless you just give them money. So is it I about don't know. That? I mean You know what I mean? Is that what it's about then? Maybe. But what but why with all the money that we're putting into you know, duck hunting, you think that refuges would leave a, a couple ponds out there for mallards to nest in. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean that's the key, right? That's that's the think. future I mean, of the waterfowl. That's the future of it. But. Well, I seen a deal um, on Instagram yesterday, I think, but Cal, Cal Waterfowl put on there was they were dumping water into Klamath. Oh, okay. Refuge. It was water that they paid for last year. But that it didn't start pumping until this year because of, um, I can't give you the exact specs. I can go look it up real quick. I don't know. But we just need to build some more dams in this stupid state. Well, that's the thing is. is We're controlled by the environmentalist lobby. Mm-hmm. Really, I know we say stupid state, but it's not the no, stupid it's not. state. It's, it's, the, a stinking, it's how it's ran. It's the politicians that run the state. It's, it's how it's ran and. Okay, so it says water water is flowing to Lower Klamath. Earlier this week, water that CWA purchased, which is us, right, if you support them and them doing their job, purchased from a landowner in Oregon began to flow to the refuge. This water was purchased last year, but just cleared all regu- regulatory hurdles. So even though the water was bought last year, they've the Cal Waterfowls had to fight all the regulations just to get the stinking water flowing. Is which, Oregon in drought? Why don't we no? Why don't we just like dude? Let they it had flow. so much water last year. Flow was, downhill. I know, and that's what they were doing. I you know two years ago they were talking about buying water from Oregon and these guys. You know, but but to me it's like okay, you're buying water from them. What regulations does it have to pass? You know, they're probably worried there's little shrimps in in the water getting passed down that I shouldn't be. You know, know what I mean? There's the stupid stuff. I don't know. It's it's not. We're too stupid to figure that out, right? I know. Yeah, I was supposedly, you know, someone told me <laughs> on one of the other podcasts, they said, if you'd, if you'd answer my emails, uh, I could tell you that the problem is whatever it was. I can't remember now it was about. It was something po- political. Uh-huh. It's trying to tell me that the people that are the problem aren't the problem. <laughs> it's people like us that are the oh, problem. Oh, we're the problem. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> but anyways, I mean, it's still good to see water, you know, water's flowing, whatever, but yeah. I mean- and if that helps hatch another thousand birds or five thousand birds and has them help some with the breeding grounds and laying the eggs, that's great. Yeah. Well you it know? benefits more than just waterfowl. Yeah, benefits. I mean I'm glad for it. Take yeah. every little bit we can every get. wildlife species around there is gonna benefit from it pretty yeah. much. Except the coyotes. Well, they have more know. to eat. Well, yeah. <laughs> if the water's not there, but I know they're fighting, but it's just one of those things that don't happen overnight. You know, it's like a process that takes years. And if you let it get so far out of whack, yeah, then it take how long is that going to take to get it back? Five, 10, 15 years? You know, it's I don't know. But remember a few years ago when Lake McClure was so bone dry and then we had like that really wet period and how fast that thing oh, fast, filled I up? I know. So, it happens quick. Yeah. To me, it's not an issue of that. I mean, yeah, we do have sometimes lack of water here. But to me, it's not. It's a mismanagement issue. It is. It is. 
But we can look at different refuges, too, that we hunt here in California, and we can see that why some years are good and some years are not, depending on who's all running it and managing, the to me, the habitat and the food, right? Yeah. Because some guys will come in and say, man, it's, this hasn't been good for a while. There's a guy I know at a refuge. He's come in there, and that refuge, has every. he's been there for, I think this is going to be his third season. Already, last year, it was already a totally different refuge. It's already on the incline because of the way he's Management. doing it. He's managing it, disking yeah. it planning the right food. It can be done and they have the resources to do it, but if you don't know what you're doing and you don't do it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm appreciative of most of those people that work at the refuges are good people, but some of them I think are there for the job and don't really know about the birds or maybe even care about them sometimes, you know, they're just there because it's a state job and yeah. just pays the bills. But what you, you know? don't know, you don't know too sometimes, you know. No, that's what I'm saying. It's not, I'm not blaming them. I'm saying yeah. they took that job because it pays the bills. Yeah. Doesn't mean they know it. I mean, look at me. I I think I know a lot about waterfowl, but do I really, would I know how to manage it? Manage it? No, yeah, probably I not. Either. I wouldn't either. I would try. I would research. I would talk to people that know what they're doing yeah. and try my best. How fun would or, that be? Or look to the right things. So like you know, we talked we talked to uh, Tony. to Tony. Yeah, mm -hmm. and he was talking about how his grandfather, you know, was involved in a few refuges and they had jet clubs, and so mm -hmm. he. What he's produced there with, you know, the habitat that they have mm -hmm. and the amount of birds, you know, it shows that it works if you manage it right. I think yeah. it's like anything else, right? It is. That takes years, man. And yeah. that's why I was asking Tony, like, <clears throat> that was episode 189, if you guys didn't hear it. But, like, I was asking him, you know, are you taking notes? What are you writing down? I mean, there's water, water levels, how much rain you got, what uh, crop that they like. Do you got to mow the crop at this time of year and let it, you know, let it yeah. sit out there? Do you like chop? Like, what do you do? You know, do you disc it? Is that what makes them come in there? Yeah. There, dude. But how fun would that be to me? I think that would be a blast to manage no, something like that. No, that would be cool. Or, or like, you know, those guys that, that manage for whitetails, uh, you know? Yeah. Just to be it's able to do neat. that over time and mm -hmm. see the growth and. Yeah. The fruits of your labor. Uh -huh. That'd be pretty crazy. But, you well, know, like, I mean, one of the refuges that we hunt, you know, that one year was really good for mallards, and it needed some work. Mm -hmm. But they went in there and just moonscaped the mm -hmm. whole the whole pond. And it ruined it. And it ruined it for what it, Three, like it was two, good three, for. Four years. Yeah, yeah, it took a while for it to come back. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I guess you do probably have to clear some of that old growth out of there and get mm -hmm. some new growth in there. But, and the birds adapt. They you do. Know, they adapt and they do different things. It's just can you adapt with them? <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. You said that you're the spoonie. I didn't really. Well, before we get into it, I wanted to say um, uh, if you guys are looking for any other waterfowl um, entertainment stuff to listen to, you know, I'm back in ag so I can listen to stuff while I'm flying and I'm commuting a little bit. So I'm back to listening to episodes and our podcast again. Check out my brother podcast. That basically is what we call each other. Um, the Duck Gun Podcast, look them up. They're on all the platforms and also Outdoor Limits Podcast. They're good buddies and they have a lot of good content. So if you're looking for more than just what we put out one or two a week, they've got stuff over there too. They're really good, good friends too. Um, a lot of great guests too that they have on over there. And uh, another favor is just, you know, keep uh, rating, reviewing us, right? You know, on uh, Apple Podcast or just keep listening on Spotify. I could tell the Spotify listens are going way up. I think it's becoming more of a popular platform to listen. I, that's what I listen to podcasts on is on Spotify. It's just kind of, I like the structure and setup of super easy. But anyways, yeah, you're the Spoonies. So 
Looking into the Cal Warfowl magazine, this was the summer edition. It's got a big old king on there, a big old uh, canvas back, Drake canvas back on there coming in. But there's a lot of good stuff in this this one. And I got the spring. I think that's the spring one, isn't it? The pentels on it. But uh, this Which one's on that. I didn't even look at that This one. is the. Oh, I didn't look at that one. I looked at yeah. this one over here. Gotcha. Throw that up there. But anyways, um. Let me go on to here. It says, so did you get more spoonies last year? And it says, you're not alone. The average number of spoonies per hunter per day shot up 78% over the historical average for the refuges from 1987-88 season to 2020-21 season. Okay, so this was the third best year on record. So I guess 87-88 season and then the 2021 season was the best, which was last year. 2021, not last, meaning the 21-22. I'm saying the year before this one was one of the top three in over 18 years. Hmm. No, let's see, 87, so that'd be, I uh, can't do my math right now. How many years is that, Travis? Help me out. Is that 35 years? It is. Yeah. Holy smokes. My goodness. Well, anyways, it says Spoonies were number one at 12 refuges. I didn't count the amount of refuges, but... I can do that here in a second while Travis is talking, but... Do we have here in California? Yeah. I don't know how many that is right there. I could count, but I'll just wait. But anyways, it was the number one bird at 12 refuges compared with eight refuges in 2021 season. It's okay. We know you just wanted some of those sweet CWA banded shovelers. <laughs> Averages for the other species in our top four were green tail, widgeon, and pintail, which... Which is crazy if you think about Pintel being in that top four because you can only shoot one a day. To me, that just shows how many Pintels are out there and how many people are actually shooting that they're only letting us shoot one a day. Yeah. If it's number four bird and you can only shoot one per hunter a day, that means every time people are going, they're almost getting a Pintel. To compare to a bird that you can shoot seven of, like a green wing or a, a mallard or a spoonie. Yeah. How in the world is that the number four top bird killed? I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, at a refuge. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised that's not... Um, I don't know. I guess I guess that is kind of our main birds. Yeah, that kind of makes sense, I guess. Because Mallard ain't going to be when you compare it to all these. So I guess that kind of makes sense. That's nothing special, really. Because you're not going to shoot a ton... We're not going to shoot hardly any blue wings. No. We're not really... I mean, we shot a lot of cinnamons, but it's not going to compare to... No, you don't even see that many cinnamons. So I guess that yeah. kind of makes sense. But, I mean, you I like honestly kind of thought snow geese. Yeah, what about gadwall? Or what yeah. about snow geese? I don't know snow geese. I mean, I don't know if that many people target snow geese specifically. No. Though, you know? But dude, if you look on here, let me find it. Yeah. You think Anyways. gadwall would be high? Yeah. More, so than, see, more than We see a lot of gadwall. Pentel, we right? see a lot of widgeon. You know, there's quite a few widgeon. Yeah. That's surprising. I mean, I don't know. I felt like that was... I mean, it kind of makes sense, but it doesn't. If you could, because you can only shoot one. So let's say if a, a few refuges don't have much gadball, but the fact that at another refuge you could shoot seven of them, it seems like it'd be hard to overcome that number of one per day. Yeah, per hunter, right? Because you're limited. Yeah. So, anyways, that that was way up um, this year. But what's funny is, how many did you shoot? You think spoonies? Were you purposely not shooting spoonies? And that's okay no, if you because, weren't. I mean, I don't like really target spoonies. Right. And if I do, I try to shoot like a, a mature Drake. Right. I really you know? stuttered out. Yeah. One. Like, I don't, 
I don't just shoot every spoonie that comes by. Mm-hmm. I know I did shoot a hint or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I can't honestly say that I remember shooting a Drake spoonie last year. There was one one day because I was trying to get all seven of like Drakes of the, the species in California. Uh-huh. I didn't, I don't even think I shot a spoonbill that day. I think that was the only bread I didn't get. I think, Drake. no, you didn't get one because you told me that. You yeah. Didn't. Yeah, so I didn't. I don't. I don't remember shooting a, a mature Drake shoveler last year or any Drake shoveler. But it wasn't that you were not wanting to, right? No, no, I was wanting to get a. Do nice you feel like one. you didn't see any? I didn't see. I, to me, I, I didn't see as many. To be honest I didn't with either, you, but I think it's all about where you hunt. I mean, obviously, if you look on here, you can see the refuges that had, you know, number one bird. Well, they already said. Yeah, there was a lot of them. There's twelve of them this year. That was that. So that was the refuge one. that I hunt a lot. Was there? Any, what were were they even on the list? Um, they were number two. Number two. For that refuge. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. Number two bird overall. But, yeah, I mean, it's funny. I'm going to look it up because I want to see how many um, I shot. I bet you I only shot not even five. And, again, I had a couple goals. I went out a couple times. Like, I'm going to try to shoot seven stud Drake's ponies. Yeah. And, like, I feel like years past I could have did that easy. And this year I was like, I couldn't even see any Harley. To me, it didn't seem I didn't see a lot of them. That's what I guess. Again, it depends on where I was hunting, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I just didn't. I didn't really go up to the Sac Valley this year that much. I don't think I hunted up there at all. Yeah, I was like um, mainly grasslands, Northern California. I kind of hunted everywhere. Hunted out of state a bunch. So I don't know, but. Um, I don't want to let too much of a gap go in between the talking here because I was going to try to really pull it up and see because I can, on Freelance Hunt Stats, I love this app. It's actually an app now. Um, Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting created this several years ago. And you can go in here. I like it. There's like some competition stuff in here, but I like it more for like tracking the amount of birds I shot for the season and like what I shot. It's just yeah. kind of nice to look back and see like, oh man, I shot this this year and last year I only shot this. Let me fil- I'm going to do this filter real quick. Because I'll put it at the beginning of season. Oops. I'm going to go back to 21. I guess if I would have went somewhere and targeted, specifically you could have. have. Yeah. You know, that would it might have changed the, yeah, for the sure. thing, you know. Because mm-hmm. I didn't really target spoonies, mm-hmm. you know. Not that I'm opposed to shooting spoonies. No. But I, I never targeted them specifically. Okay. Right here, I'll tell you, I shot. Four shovelers. Four? Yeah, obviously obviously there's places you could shoot shovelers if you wouldn't set up for them. Oh, yeah. You know, even at whatever refuge we hunt, certain ponds. Yeah, definitely. You know. um, hmm, I wonder where those were. I can go back and look. I'm not going to look at that. but So I shot four buffalo heads. Five cinnamon teal. I think one of those four you shot on the veteran hunt, didn't you? The cinnamons? No, the shellers. I thought you killed one of them. I did. Purposely, he was a stud one. Yeah. I think he's in the freezer, actually, because I need to get him out. I need to mount him. I was planning on doing it myself. Travis, actually, if you're looking for a great taxidermist. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. He doesn't understand. It's okay. I'd rather him be humble than bragging, but... He's a he's really really good. Everything, most of the stuff you've seen here. In fact, if you're watching on the MVM Show YouTube channel, this um, uh, surf scoter right here, which I think is an incredible mount, he did that. Um, he did uh, 
Well, the rest of them. They're all on the other one. You, you, <laughs> you can go on our YouTube channel. Shut up, <laughs> Actually, that one should be on this wall, that, that ring neck. But the thing is, the way he's facing, you don't get the. You don't get the. Grab that one. You told him to do you that. You want to grab it? No, show I don't it and show it on here. I don't care. I want people, if people want to see it, it's new. That hasn't been on my videos yet. I need to do update. Travis just oh hammered out. I think I give you slack. Oh, there you go. He hammered out four mounts for me. He did that gadwall with that big black ring. He did the um, golden eye. There you go. Oops. Keep that off so it's not hurt people's ears. I almost didn't reach it. I'm too short. Check that out. If you're looking. You don't even know how to hold the thing. No, it's I want so people. Like I want to see what it looks like going right at him. Check that out. That's pretty sick. If you're watching, you need to go to the YouTube channel if you're not listening on there. I know a lot of you watch it while you're driving, but or, or listen to it while you're driving. That's why you probably don't go to YouTube. <laughs> we need a thousand subs, guys. You're doing awesome. We're at 823. It's getting close to a thousand. Start making some extra money on this. But yeah, like, check that out. That's one of my favorite poses Travis has done to date for sure. Little ringer. Yep. Just coming in Mach 60. Honestly, it's probably my favorite pose in this room, besides maybe that pintail. Yeah. Just because that was on a magazine, but that one's pretty much a t my tied with my first. But this one even too, just the color and the black looks so sick the on the surf scooter, yeah. And yeah. then you did such a good job on the bill. Do you want to? You probably don't want to give your information out. <laughs> no, <laughs> you don't. How many are you backed up right now? I got a few birds I got to get done, but it's hot. Yeah, that's true. I will and say I'm in that. My garage. Travis, I know, I know the story. I've been harassed that I don't need to get an air conditioner and all that stuff. But I just yeah, I'm not going to go over that again. Who cares? Well, yeah, it just depends on how much you want to do it. It kind of gives yeah. you a break, though. I think too, just go in hibernation. But if, I mean, if you had an AC in there, dude, it'd be nice. I know, but you got it. It's not cheap though to Sometimes get one. Sometimes you're in the mode too. You know, right? You're in the mode to do birds. Like I know. After season, you get that depression. So you're like, okay, Here. you mount birds to just to. I don't know where I can put this for. It's not going to be. You want to put it on the floor? To keep birds going. I'll hang then, it up after we're done. In the summer, I go into hibernation. I don't want to come <coughs> outside. I don't want to do anything. Yeah, even though if you even if you were in AC, it's the whole mindset, right? I just yeah. don't. I just don't want to do anything. I want to be lazy. Yeah, and that's fine. It's kind of like your prep to the beginning of the new season coming on. When it starts cooling down, that's when I get more in the mode. Yeah. Or spring. It just kind before of tur before turkey season. Before turkey, yeah. 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 Well, anyways, uh, he is on, Travis is on Instagram if you want to follow him. At least see his work. Maybe you'll get lucky and hit him up if you like his stuff. Uh, what is yours? 1972 or something. My wife says I take ugly pictures. You don't take ugly If you had your friend that would help you out, you'd. Uh, 1972 Ducks Inc. All one word. If you want to follow him on Instagram, he did. I mean, he just does great work, and I'm not just saying that because he's one of my best friends. But he did. Uh, uh, he does great stuff with his dad, uh, Teddy. He goes and builds the what do you call those things? Shadow box kind of thing. Kind of like you a call shadow it? box looking thing. He I just guess. did this banded. Um, are those? Yeah, those are snows. Snows. And then just put a cinema up there. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Anyways, if you're looking for something, has he been back by? Ben? No, not for a while. Not for a while. Well, he came by the other day because he gave me a call and said, hey, does Titus got an extra read? Because he <laughs> tried to trim down his read on his J.J. Lairs. What? Messed it all up. Like, well, they sell different sizes. He goes, well, they were out of stock. Uh, fortunately, Talon had an extra one. That, oh, cool. So he was yeah, happy. That's cool. 
I probably do. If he need, I don't know what size he was needing. But I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. think he's got a. I think he has the hybrid. Hybrid. I think. Would you blow a hybrid if you got one, or do you rather just use your? Yeah, I'll probably watt? get one. I'll probably get one eventually. Yeah, I've been kind of checking them out. What colors do you like? I don't know. Yeah, do you not really have a specific you care about or? No, I like the Coke bottle. Like the other one that I have, they had a Coke bottle that was pretty cool. They have a couple different mm, ones that look pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. That's a good call, man. I don't know. I'm just not. I got other things I got to get first. Oh, (laughs) trust me. I got a lot of things I want and then a lot of things I need. And mean, needing, the word need mean stuff I don't really want to spend money on, but I have to. Yeah. I got to get, I need a pull pump bad, dude. That thing is sucking up my PG&E, dude. Really? Oh, it has to be. I don't know what else is, dude. I go huh. I go around this house like Hitler, turn the lights off, <laughs> yelling at people, doors open, and my bill's still ridiculous. I think it's that pool pump. Might be. It's not a variable speed, so it runs high speed for uh-huh. like six, 12 hours a day. I told the pool guy, wow. I go, dude, I go, I'm paying for that. I can't afford to run that stupid <laughs> thing 12 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah, but you'll get moss. I, I don't care. I'll get moss in my pool. I can't afford to pay for that thing around that much. You're talking about that the other day. I was in the front yard. And I um, live in a residential neighborhood. These two mailers came in locked up. They had to drop in somebody's swimming pool. Yeah. I mean, they were so right in, someone's right yard. in somebody's backyard. I'm sure they, they dropped in there. And then my brother-in-law, they actually found uh, two two baby mallards in their front yard. Oh, really? And their cats were trying to get them. And then a little bit later, uh, a hen mallard was out there. She was, landed out there with them? Oh, she, was, she landed out in the front yard. No way. Yeah. So she, she was probably was. looking for the babies, but I don't know how she even got her nest where it's at. To get those babies to walk where they exactly. were. Exactly. So what do you, what do you guys do with them? I don't know what they did with them, to be honest with you. Oh, man. But the cats were going to get them. That's so. a bummer. I think they may have just kind of kept them. Yeah. But she, she I, I haven't seen her lately, but she was out there. She was quacking away, you know, probably trying to call them. But I don't know where she was going to take them. Yeah, because I mean, they can only walk. Were yeah. they little? Oh, they're little bitty guys. Yeah. Little bitty, bitty How in the guys. world? In his front yard? His front yard. How in the world did they get there? I'm trying to I think of know. somewhere over there. There's no there's no water close. I bet that's say the closest water is probably okay. probably at least a half a mile away. Okay, but my but so with that a lot of mallards like so for instance they'll lay in fields right like cover crops they'll lay yeah. their nest in there and I've read things like they'll they'll travel a mile to two miles to get to water. They would have to, but I don't know. But I'm thinking over there. Where would she make a nest over there? You're right in, down in the city. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not That's sure. kind of a bummer, man. Like, ah, oh, man, yeah. we should get help and like get unless them back they from... can raise them and you know. But that feel like that away. never works out, Arlie. Yeah, yeah. But we do have mallards that I don't know if, if they're necessarily wild mallards because all the ones at the golf course, so they kind of move around town. Mm-hmm. That that lake that's yeah maybe like a mile away, so they may not be like wild specifically wild birds. They can fly, whatever, but they're more like residential ones that hang around the neighborhood. Huh. That's kind of a bummer to see yeah, something I don't know. go to something like that, not really get to grow up. But man, the the survival rates on mallards too is pretty crazy. With the, Predation. I mean, like even even like um, raccoons and stuff will get in yeah. there and kill baby. I I even seen those cranes. Well, those cranes will eat them too. Oh yeah, I mean I've seen cranes like swallow like gophers whole. Yeah. So imagine a little duck wouldn't have much Ain't of a chance. <laughs> I watched a little field. baby duckling get just chomped up by one of those blue herons, or I think they're blue herons, aren't oh, they? Okay, yeah. So they don't, or man. Or, the, or those egrets or whatever they are. 
the, when you look at these numbers, how many birds are killed, like if you add these up, like this one refuge, 21,000, another refuge, 10,000, another refuge, 4,200, another 17,000. I mean, you go through these numbers, 23,000. It's like. That's a lot of birds if you piled them all up. My goodness. What um, Nathaniel was asking, what if we just did one season where you didn't shoot any birds? Like how much difference would that make one season? I don't know. Because if all those pairs are those those female male and female birds, hens and drakes, bred that weren't shot that were killed, I wonder if that would just would that like double a or population tr- boom? Would that double? Yeah, well, that'd be a big population <laughs> boom. Or I don't know. Would you sacrifice a year of season? I know a lot of people season. talk about going back to a split season, mm-hmm. but I don't know if that's going to help the population significantly. I mean, it probably would do something right because less days in the field. But kill us birds, obviously. Uh-huh. I didn't really care for the split season, but do you remember? Were you hunting? Yeah, when you I remember, I've remember a couple times with split hmm. seasons, and it just it started and then just shut off for two, three yeah, weeks. Yeah, it's really a month. weird to get going back again because you get in that mode. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that is weird because we hunt so much, right? Right. I mean, when we miss like one Saturday or two Saturdays the whole season, mm-hmm. but to take off an extended period of time would be kind of weird to get back in the mode dude we're actually so fortunate to me i feel so lucky and glad that i'm in the waterfowl i've was brought into that because like thinking of right now we're in june and it's hot and you just like you just want to stay inside but like thinking about that mentally going there like getting ahead and going into the season and just being able to like no that's what i'm doing all winter yeah pretty much I think the so, hardest thing for me before was the the gap between duck season and you know started turkey hunting a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm not like a super super avid turkey hunter, but that kind of extended your season a little bit longer than mm-hmm. last year getting into archery. You know, so I'm like, oh, okay, August. You know, can start even earlier. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> the time when I'm not actually hunting isn't is, very much. Has shortened. Yeah, yeah, so it seems like it speeds up duck season. And is that why it probably feels like it we're, feels it's like, like my goodness, yeah, it's already almost I think duck so, season? Because it you have something else to fill in that gap in between duck season. Yeah. So I think that that's a that's beneficial. Have something else to do. It it really is. And at the same time, like I know you shouldn't overdo it, like just where you don't take care of the other things because the other things in my brain that I want to do good at this year was really family, like family time or like doing some stuff. Like maybe going out of town or something, but it's like, yeah, you just got to make that a priority or you just won't do it, you know? And it's not that we don't spend when we work with each other every day, but yeah, like I was, nothing's extravagant or nothing, you know, but just like, oh, maybe go up to the Redwoods and spend, you know, three, four or five days with the family and just relax because you need that stuff too. Cause I'm gone a lot, you know, like yeah. I travel a lot and I don't like going into the season feeling like, man, I didn't invest in my that's a lot more important, obviously, than duck hunting. So it's like, I want to go in the season feeling like, man, I didn't spend good enough time. Yeah, I guess that's a little bit different because I'm at home every You work every day. Which I kind of am. T- I mean, I am too. I come home at some point every day. Yeah. And you know what's weird? I literally work at home. Yeah, so it's yeah. Like different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're there. You're already there all the time. Yeah, but you're, I mean, your attention's still not on your family, though, if you're working. No. But I, it is a lot better than when you used to drive out of town. Yeah, I'm glad I spend two hours of commuting every day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. 
Well, we got kind of off the topic of the spoonies, the spoonie, but, huh? but I mean, in all reality, I mean, that's what they said. That's what I read about. It wasn't a whole lot to be read about that, but I think. Well, that, I think just next year you need to take one day and get your seven spoonies. And then, I really want to do it, though, dude. And you can do a dead mat with seven stud spoonies. That would look pretty cool. I just got to tuck my, my uh, tax terms into it. You need to get off your backside and do it yourself because you know how. I don't and think don't, I can. Oh, don't tell me you don't think. You know, I don't have time and all this stuff. It's not a priority. No, it's not. It, is, it isn't. It's not a priority. You know what? It is a priority this year for me, and I started today, is getting Rocky dialed. Preseason? Dialed. Because I dropped the ball last year. Purposefully, I didn't just forget or say, oh, I don't have time. I never say those words. I'm not going to say I don't have time. If there's something I want to do, I will make time for it. If I say I don't have time, it's because I don't want to do it. Yeah. Right? Last year, I just, I chose not to do it. Like, I was like, ah, he'll be all right. He's trained. He's four seasons in now or whatever it is. And I'm like, he's good. That was the biggest mistake I will give advice I will ever give anybody with a dog. Never do that. You have Just to take train it for in the offseason. They already know. Dude, because, yeah, they do know, but they'll get sloppy or their obedience may get out of line a little bit. Uh-huh. Like, if you're just not spending time with your dog, period, it's just not good. Man, dude, we went out there today. We worked on um my his e call went out last year or broke last year beginning before last year so almost the whole season he didn't really have one and so I could still you I he still listened to me I could still make him mind but he would push the limits a little bit so because some people use uh, uh, e caller as a crutch I don't use it as a crutch it's to dial that dog in to be super tack sharp you know. Because you don't want any variances. And um, anyways, I never even hardly hit the... The last two years before they br- it broke, I never even hit the button. I never even had to do that. But um, anyways, I, I bought the new one. I had an 1825, which is way overkill for what I'm doing. That's for like multiple dogs. And it broke anyway, so I bought the new one a l- little while ago. It's a sport dog, 425X. And it's, I mean, you can do three dogs off the one, but it's very small. It's super light. I don't have an air. I'll show you, but super small remote, super light. I put that on him today. Went out there, dude, and he was just like, shh, shh. we were healing. I was just doing all, trying to throw him for loops, dude. I wasn't really, t- I tapped it a few times. Super, super low setting. Man, he's just, I mean, they were like, watching your legs. I mean, you turn left, turn right, spin around, go forward, start running, walk, stop. I mean, they're just like, Bam, boom, like a robot. It's cool. Cause I, I, and it's challenged me because of uh, Nathaniel's dog, Kelly. Yeah. Like him working with her is like, man, I got to fine tune. I said, wouldn't well, he have a little competition one day? Like once he gets, because she's doing really good right now. She's six months and a week. And she is healing, dude. Good. Like turn, walk around, spin around. She's doing all just like Rocky was at that age. Um, sitting, sit, sit, stay like. Put your hand up and walk away. You can walk all around her. She won't budge. Then you say here, and she'll run to your side. She's doing really good. That's awesome. And the next step is go into the e-collar, which really, then you'll take the, the 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 leash off. Okay. You don't even need a leash now. Your hand's free like I am with Rocky, right? And then and then we'll move into force fetch. But anyways, it's going really good. She's doing really good, man. It's so weird. It's like working with Rocky as a pup. It's crazy. Like looking at her, it's like, man, I feel like I'm looking at him when he was that age. It's really <laughs> weird. She's so looks just like him. It's crazy. Yeah, it'll pay off too when you get out into the field. Oh man, I can't wait. But we have some pretty cool plans with that. This coming duck season, but anyways, um 
I don't know. Next year, we'll see. I thought there was more, there was more to this. I wanted to say something about this, but overall, they say the numbers are down, right? Spoonies are overall, up, but overall numbers for California, yeah. Now, not we don't know how much because they don't give last year's numbers. Oh, okay. The, okay, so it says there was ninety thousand seven hundred and fifty three hunters out of these refuges. I should count them so we know, right? One, two, three. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 36, 37. 37 refuges. So 37 refuges. And it says there was 90,753 hunters, which is down from last year. But it doesn't say what last year was, and I don't have last year's magazine that had these numbers. But that's a lot of hunters, though. I was looking at the thing over on the other side. Where it shows those things this? are going down. Yeah. These? No, right here. Oh, right. Well, that's bird numbers, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, and it says... The percentage Well, it can say, so average hunter per day between 1987 to 2020. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Check that out. So, that's crazy, dude. Okay, so in... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I'm kind of confused at what they're trying to say there. I thought it was species numbers because he is saying the different species of birds. Oh, so they're saying per hunter per day. Yeah, but I thought they would break it down by year. For some reason, they just say 87 to 20, but it says. I wonder why they do it like that. That's kind of weird how they wrote that up. But anyways, yeah. So green wing till, it says half a bird. Up an average. Per hunter per day. It's actually went up sixty point sixty, so it's went up twenty percent over uh, nineteen eighty seven to uh, twenty twenty in that big numbers per day. Yeah, so thirty. Well, that's that percentage. twenty twenty, so that's uh, twenty uh, thirty three years. The percentage. So in thirty three years, Greenwing Till, the per average hunter per hunter per day has it's went up twenty percent. 20% more. They're shooting 20% more green wings. Than the last 23 years average. Yeah. Okay. But shovelers have almost went to 80% more. That's a lot. Population control. For this year. We need population control. We need population <laughs> <laughs> Just start going out there and slaying them. And <laughs> just take one of those punk guns, dude, and just... Got to bring it back into balance. <laughs> <laughs> Widgeon's up, though. And I have... I will say I can... Uh, Attest to that, yeah. It says uh, there, it's up like twenty eight, thirty percent. Ringnecks got to be up. I've seen more ringnecks in the past ten years than I ever seen in my life. Yeah, Pintels is up, and then Gadball Mallard, which Mallard's bad, sad because Mallard's down sixty percent. That's a lot. That is a lot, dude. But I think a lot of that too has to affect has to do with like Tule Lake, Klamath, all Northern California, where they were all like. Um, breeding and stuff. Yeah, and that botulism. Remember, uh, year before last. And I'm wondering too if, if uh, here in California, for the lo local birds, anyways, is ag practices. Mm -hmm. Yeah, clearing the ditches off. Thirty three years ago, yeah, clearing the ditches off. You know, there's yeah. there's no cover They're anymore all nesting and stuff. Yep. Yeah, dude, they always make sure, even like the canals, making sure no brush, They're no clean, brush, clean, clean. Yep, cleans the whip. Yeah. So where do the birds go? Yeah, there's nowhere to hide and make nests. Yeah, get away they don't from predators. It's not like you know what I've seen like in in the mid Midwest where they leave 
Right. For leave months. Habitat. Yeah, out there mm-hmm. for a long time for mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Here they strip they strip it. But you know it. what's worse than mallards is wood ducks. They're down eighty percent. I wonder if that's because of I don't know. I I can only look at a like a local level, right? Right, I know. But this is for California. I, mean, I period, see more but... wood ducks than I seen when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. But they're more urbanized. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. That's yeah. You know, with it with parks and parks, little, little creeks, creeks and canals. It seems like the wood ducks that I've seen like have almost become like a mallard. They've kind of lost the fear of humans, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some over in the canal, like where the bike path is, and you can literally ride a bike right by them, and they'll just swim back and forth. They don't mm-hmm. really fly. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot more houses around those areas where the creeks were at too. So I don't know how that's really affected them. Mm-hmm. But I, I see more wood ducks in our area than I think I've seen when I was when I was young. But it, but that's statewide. And I don't know what it, right. what other effects are. Right. Been. Yeah, they're the worst. And then Mallard's second worst. And then believe it or not, Canada goose is third. Which I'm like, how? how? That's what I. That's what I, again, like you said, it's over the whole state <laughs> as a whole. But I'm like, there's more resident geese than ever. Maybe in 1987, man, they were just <laughs> smashing honkers. I don't know. I never seen geese when I was a kid. Like honkers, they're everywhere now. But like you said, they're more urbanized. Probably they're, they're all urbanized. Hmm. So you never seen them like in the parks and all this kind of stuff no. like they are now. Really? No. There was no resident population of geese when I was a kid. Really? Nope. I wonder what's changed that. Is that because they had to come in town because of like the, I don't really again, really the farmers remember practices? seen a lot of, of honkers when I was young. Hmm. But there's been a I mean, everywhere that I know is population boom with resident geese. Yeah. That's that's really weird. That's a weird stat. It kind of is. It kind of is. It's like down fifty percent. That seems like a lot. Maybe they're maybe they've moved off the refugees because that's harvest, right? So they, yeah, and so think about ah, uh, that's true. You know, what I'm saying we, I'm thinking just in general, but no. we're no, we're talking about 37 refuges. Yeah, so, yeah, dude, you never so see refu- them at refuges. Yeah, I don't see geese at re- not honkers. No, rarely. That's what I meant. Yeah, honkers. Uh-uh. Yeah, they all moved into town. They got smart. That's true. <laughs> that is true. What am I saying? I'm just thinking in California as, whole. As a whole. I'm like, dude, yeah. we could go. You could go get those. Yeah, and maybe like wood, you know, and, and wood ducks too. That's wood ducks or refuges. A lot of our refuges aren't set up for wood duck habitat. A majority of them aren't. I mean, you got in my opinion I mean, that you can think about right around here. Well, I'm, yeah. I mean, a lo- I've been to a lot of these though. Of these thirty-seven, uh, I don't know how many of of all these I've been to, but I don't know. So maybe, th- maybe there is not the type of habitat that's conducive to wood ducks at the refuges. Fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. 17, 18, 19, 20. 21, wow. I've been to 21 of these 37. Okay. And people ask, what refuge is that? What, what's the good refuge? It's like, I don't know. Try 21 out of 37. <laughs> I've almost been to all of them except for a Southern Cal. Yeah. And more over towards the Bay Area. Those are like the only ones I haven't been to. So to have success, you got to be willing to travel and move around. You're obviously going to hunt the ones you're more local to more because they're local to you. They're close. It has nothing to do with this one's the best one. I don't. I don't yeah. think we have the best refuges around here, but we have good ones. Good enough. I'll I'll hunt because it's close to me. That's why it's just such a pr- man. I didn't realize that how many I've actually been to, and really, 
up until about three or four years ago, I hadn't been to that many. I've just done a lot of traveling and driving for the yeah. last four years just to get out there more. And then this was kind of cool, the stats for your chance of the drawing odds for oh. a resi. That, there has to be more hunters because... Oh, I know. Places that I remember that the chance of drawing has West, decreased. West, oh, yeah. Ours, okay, ours used to be one in three. It's one in seven now. The one that we... Yeah, the one... Oh, no, I'm one in ten. Yeah. It used to be one in three. You could almost draw every yeah, time. every time. It's one mm-hmm. in ten now. Okay. Yeah. Um, or no, it's it's not. It's like more... It's higher than that. One eleven. What A bunch of these are one eleven, one thirteen. Yeah, all these ones we get 115... I mean, okay, this is what's crazy though. Check this out. Little Dry Creek used to be, used to be one in two fifty. Not that long ago. One in two hundred fifty. Yeah. Odds? Oh, I'm okay. sorry. One in one fifty. Okay. This was probably seven eight years ago. I remember it was like one in one fifty. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, that's impossible. Guess what it is now? One in two seventy. <laughs> that's yeah, uh, dude. And worry worse than that. The worst, the hardest one to go is West Bear Creek. One in four eleven. And then the number two is uh, Kern, 359. Huh. I mean, these some of these places I've been put in my whole life. And never drawn. Never drawn. I probably yeah. never will looking at that. Imagine lining up 400 people and say, one of you. <laughs> Jake's one of all you, you going to win if you don't put in. I'm like, Pfft. yeah. Which a lot of us do. They don't let very many in. You know, there's all these different variations. Factors. But yeah. still, it's like, my goodness. And you know, this is for the whole season. So, yeah, opening day. That's All those numbers through. are way worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's because true. everybody puts in for everywhere for on everywhere. opening day because yeah. they just want to get in. Yeah. But anyways, well, I guess we'll end this podcast. Interesting numbers, interesting things going on. I'm excited for season, ready to to get going, and uh, yeah. If you don't support them, that it is fun looking at these kind of numbers. You look at water, uh, California waterfowl, and support them, and you'll they'll end up getting your. Uh, I think it's four a year. Okay. I think it's a Quarterly. spring, summer, winter, or fall, winter yeah. magazine. So Quarterly cool magazine. stuff. Yeah, but anyways, all right, guys, we uh, we'll see you on the next one.